Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boats in the Field Report. Going to do something a little different this week. A lot of you guys have been asking about our partners to the north, uh, how the how the guys are doing up there in Iowa and the northern part of the Corn Belt as far as the storms, especially this last one that came through August 10th. What kind of damage are we seeing a week afterwards? How the beans do? And fielding a lot of questions there. And, I decided today to do something different. We're gonna we're gonna get some guys on the phone and do a conference call that are living up in the area where these storms have went through. Try to get a first-hand experience. Maybe we'll head to the north and get right in the middle of it and work our way on over to the east side. So we're gonna uh, let you listen in on a conference call we had with three different operations. All right. So let's let's start out with. Uh, with you guys there in the north, uh, Brandon and Joe, uh, state your name and, and give us a location as far as where your operations at, and kind of uh, describe what we could see if we were looking out your front window today. Uh, Joe Malachek from Osage, Iowa, and my Brandon Barker, also from Osage, Iowa. We're on the up on the Iowa Minnesota border. Things look pretty good here. We are a little short on rain, but if you're looking out, we're looking out the office window right now, and it's uh, pretty pretty lush and green. We we would like some rain or could use some rain it's been spotty and north of us I think they got an inch a couple nights ago we didn't get a drop just three miles north of us here so we're getting hit and miss little rains but after consecutive years of what I've considered average to poor crops we've, we've got a good crop here so we have missed that central Iowa storm. If you look at uh, this crop compared to the past is it in the top 10 uh, crops yes. or yes. higher? Yep. When I'm out in the field with customers, I'm finding a lot of 16, 18 rounds by high 30s to mid 40s on length, and the kernels are yellow to the tip. So we've, I think we're gonna hang on to them barring any, anything drastic. So we've, uh, beans got planted really early. Everybody went after it on beans early. A lot of guys done by late April or May 1st with beans, and uh, we're seeing the, the fruits of that right now. A lot of pods uh, still flowering. Like I say, if we could just catch another rain, these flowers on top, I think, are going to do us some good. Yeah, it just look like it's going to be on schedule. We're we're ahead. So I just looked uh, yesterday. I think we were at seventeen hundred GDUs, and uh, a lot of the fields when I'm in with customers are in dent or starting to dent now. So tell us about the storm. What uh, what did you guys see in that storm there in August ten? We we watched it. <laughs> we watched it go by. Uh, got really dark blue to the south. We had no effects. We actually had no rain. Uh, we just saw it get really dark blue to the south and again watched it on radar. I, uh, my mother-in-law lives in Clinton, Iowa, right on the, actually in Fulton, Illinois, across the river from Clinton, Iowa on the Mississippi. So we went to help Saturday. She did not have power as of Saturday night. Drove through down Interstate 80 through Iowa City, Davenport, and then on the way back came 30 and cut up to Highway 64 and just went through the hole from Interstate 80 to 15, 20 miles north of Cedar Rapids. It's the same nightmare. It's, it's amazing. It's, I, my heart goes out to those guys. It's, it's amazing, the damage. We had a uh, um, considerable amount of damage on the July storm. Did you guys, were you guys, yeah. is that east of you yet or did you guys get No, no we, we were in the heart of that. So July 8th, we got, uh, it was short, but it was quick, and the, the, we were at the wrong stage. We weren't not pollinating for the most part yet. Race roots were just starting to come out. We lodged a lot of corn. Uh, thankfully, um, 
it came up right away and, and got, got stood up and got pollinated. So we have a lot of goose corn. There's, there's corn out here. Uh, rootworms can are heavy this year in this part. I think because we haven't had the rains to drown any. A lot of rootworm feeding. So guys that didn't, weren't aware of that or paying attention to it, that wind was pretty hard on that corn is still a mess. But a lot of corn is goosed, but the, it isn't much. And uh, we were able to pollinate. And I think I told you when I talked to you last week that we still have the same number around on those goosenecked ears. They're about five or six kernels short, which when we did our math, it was still almost 30 bushels yeah. in places. But um, we, we, we at least have a harvestable year on there. So you think potentially 30 bushel hit from the July storm just in tip fill, but at least you're gonna harvest it. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think in general, we are in very good shape here. I uh, flew in an airplane last week and anything that's light, any sand pockets there, you can see them long ways away. We're, we're burning up, the beans especially are hurting in the light, light ground, but uh, in general, we're pretty good. Next 20 days, rainfall is going to make a difference out there. Yeah. Corn and beans. Yeah. We need another good shot in corn, and we need another drink for beans, and I think we'll be in the driver's seat. Yeah, no, there's a lot of potential there, probably more potential than we've ever seen with the beans as far as flowers and, you know, pods in the lower part of the canopy. But if we don't get the rain, it's hard to say what's actually going to fill out um, with all that potential that's actually there. Cool. Well, I appreciate your time today. Let's move on down to Scott. <clears throat> Scott, you're kind of in the armpit of this storm. Uh, I know you were shipping cattle this morning, trying to trying to deal with the storm issues that you had there. Give us a give us a perspective of where your crop was, um, and then uh, where it is today, and, and maybe a, a, a what we would see if we were in your neighborhood as far as the kind of storm damage that we're hearing about, especially now that we're basically a week past the event. It's a week ago right now to the, about to the hour when we started assessing the, the damage from our hurricane. Um, like Joe said, um, we were looking fantastic at uh, side dress time, sending in our nitrates, our yield goals were, we were gonna try and keep up with you boys in Illinois this year with our yield goals in, in June there. Um, we had a hell of a crop going. And then like Joe said, July 8th came along and, and uh, gave us a little shot of rain, but we paid for it dearly with uh, wind and gooseneck and green snap. And uh, anyhow, that, that was a little bit north of us. Um, I live in Rhinebeck, which is southwest of Waterloo, about 25 miles. And the storm that clobbered us a week ago started to affect our area about eight miles west of me and only two miles north. So some of this corn that got goosenecked in July, we thought that was a, a real holy cow situation. It was unaffected by the hurricane, so now we're scoring gooseneck and green snap from July as standing corn and excited about picking that. <laughs> you changed your mind what down it really is, huh? It really did. We, we were cataloging this field all summer long with the drone and watching it stand back up and watching this how this hybrid was handling getting beat up pre-tassel, and now all of a sudden nobody cares about that field anymore. We're, we're worried about the ones that are ankle high. 
So anyhow, like I said, that storm just started eight miles west of where we our location is and in, in, in two miles north of us. And uh, the first thing it did to us was it took down both our cattle, both our cattle buildings are gone right now. So we got cattle standing out in the sunshine and, and uh, very fortunate none of them escaped and got away because we're all confinement. So that was probably the most devastating for us. Our grain handling facility fortunately sustained minor damage and we'll be able to write that ship by the time we get to start drying corn. So Matt and I are feeling very fortunate that uh, we'll be able to dry corn and handle corn this fall because there's just tens of millions of bushels of grain bin storage on farm storage that's just gone and hundreds of millions of bushel of storage at elevators that are just wiped out. Those really neat new six pack looking storage facilities that you see in the farm magazines, numbers of those laying in piles around around us. We went and looked at one yesterday. We looked at one on Saturday. The amazing thing is, I don't know where all this corn at is at that the government says is there because these bins are empty. You know, and all the bins that blew away, a lot of them are really low on inventory. So that that damage for those guys that got to try and pick down corn, they don't have anywhere to go with it. It's just got to be. It'll be tough. Got to be tough. Any of these, uh, these uh, grain dealers as far as what are their are they coming up with a contingency plan for what you would have been in those bins there's no way we can put them back together before harvest i i have not talked to any commercial storage people um we have rumors going around that one facility has promised their producers that they're going to build a bin every 11 days so that the, you know in in two months or so they'll be back online during harvest um and that's just a rumor. I, I don't know that for sure. But uh, there's so many farm facilities around that uh, just just got destroyed. I don't know. I mean, they can't all get back online. I don't know where this corn's going to go. We're going to have to truck it up to Joe's to find a roof for it. Um, with, with the devastation to farm properties and buildings and stuff, What's, what's this corn crop look like? I mean, just how bad is it? Did it change much from last week? Some of the pictures we saw coming in or um, what, what, what's your plan? I think it's probably getting worse a week later. The corn I was in, we have ones that are standing, ones that are tipped over, ones that are broke, but not detached. And then of course we have some that are just completely broke off of the stalk so they're not connected to the roots anymore at all now those fields are starting to turn brown you know that's dying if you're attached at all we're still seeing it staying green yet it's trying to finish filling um if we're tipped over you know we're in that uh just starting to blister on some of our earlier hybrids just a little bit of dent is worth is where we're at there. Some are staying green that are still attached, like I said, and if they're kinked over hard or broke off, those fields are turning brown. Those are gonna be a real mess. You think um, most of these fields will get harvested? Will some of them just scrap it? You know, in our neck of the woods, I, I, I don't know what, you know, wind insurance coverage is, who has what, as far as if you get to walk away from them, if you gotta try and harvest some of it. Um, 
the stinker of it is you're going to have to try and pick some of it if you want to go back to corn or the volunteer corn next year is just going to be monumental or you won't be able to. Right. Uh, that's the fear I have on my continuous corn farms. Um, How are the soybeans faring? You know, it's almost like they were unaffected. I still have really high hopes for our bean crop. Like Joe said, we got them planted all in April. Um, Two thirds of our beans flowered for the solstice. And I know we were dry for a while, but this wind brought us in between an inch and two inches of rain. And that just, you know, they started rocking and rolling again. Our 30 inch row beans had canopied. Um, there's some hope for those beans and, and they don't look flat where the corn right beside it's flat. It, it's going to be, I, I can't, <laughs> we had 300 acres of what I thought was bad corn last fall. And it was, it was bad. I guess that was just our warm up for this 2020 harvest tour because it'll be uh, a long time. Yeah. Unbelievable. And I, and I don't think we have it as worse as some of our friends to the South and East in the state. Um, how big, a, how big a swath did that end up taking? You know, in miles? I don't know in miles. Our, our governor says 14 million acres was affected. Eight on corn and six on beans. 43% um, of our cro uh, state's crop was affected. Um, 27 disaster counties. And 57 counties were affected by some, but 27 are disasters and a double-edged sword where the where the grain beds got destroyed so did the crop so maybe the demand for storage in that area won't be as big either right i yeah like joe said we lost 30 bushel on our july windstorm on that gooseneck corn i agree with that's a good number i don't know what i don't know what we're going to get in the combine this fall to try and get it done there's just not going to be enough days and hours to spend the kind of time you would if you only had one field and, and, and worked at it to get everything in the corn head. You said you lost your cattle barns. Did you lose any livestock? We got lucky. We only lost two feeder calves and uh, one cow got, got dinged up a little bit. Um, so we're in the process of depopulating right now so that we can clean up that, that mess. Um, clean up, rebuild, whatever, but we got to get all the beasts out of the, off of the, out of the facility so we can start that. We've got our first loads went out today. So well, again, stressful. Our, our prayers go out for you guys and we, we appreciate uh, your input on that. And let's slide now to the east side of this storm or the eastern edge uh, out into Defiance County, Ohio and, and hear from you, Ray, as far as what, what do we got going on out there and the, you're in the northwest corner of Ohio, correct? Yes, about 30 mile northeast of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, after last year, only planting 20% of our acres, we planted our full acreage this spring. Uh, started out dry, was putting pre-chemical down in April. Planted our first beans uh, April 27th, 28th timeframe. And we're done completely planting beans by May 7th. And we had half our corn in, feeling pretty good. We needed another two days to put the other half of corn in. And they started talking rain, and we got five to six inches of rain, and we turned off cold. 
we had beans laying in the ground for 30 days, 35 days before you seen them. Um, we had to replant 700 acres of corn out of a thousand that we had planted. And then uh, finally dried up and we went back and planted the rest of the corn first of June. We've been very dry. We've had an inch and two tenths of rain in June and an inch and four tenths to five tenths in July. August 1st came, we had a first inch and a half of rain all in one rain event. And then uh, Friday afternoon, we had a very slight chance of rain and there was a, some storms that popped up and it dumped anywhere from an inch to five inches in the area. Here at the shop, we're still dry. We only got about half our acres that had water. We've had 30 days this summer above 90 degrees. Um, our crop is behind from too much heat and lack of water. And being blind lake. And uh, we've pollinated clear to the tips. Uh, we've got a lot of 16, 14 and 16 around 35, 36 long. We just finished pollinating about 10 days ago. It looks like we're gonna hold our tips, but we are extremely, extremely dry. Did you guys see any of the uh, July storm come through there or were you far enough uh, east to miss that? We've not had any wind issues. The storm of last week that went through Iowa got to the Indiana-Ohio line and when it got to, and we're 11 miles from that, when it got to the shop, it was down to 30 mile an hour winds. And we got two tenths of an inch of rain out of it. Uh, our beans um, have great color, got pretty good height to them. The uh, pod set is good, but I think, I don't know if we're gonna put a cluster on top of the beans, cause we just, we just don't have any moisture. How big of an area are we? seeing some of that similarity to it, does that stretch uh, down into central Ohio as well? It's it's probably from I-70 north. So more north. It's more the northern half of the state, but I I know I've listened to some guys uh, in the southern half and they say they're dry and the south, southeast part is uh, not a lot of farmland down there, but they've been getting rain. So it sounds like you guys are similar to Joe as far as you need some rain, but you need rain for the next 60 days uh, uh, as far as uh, getting that June plant of corn through. Did she pollinate in one quick move? We've got, we, we've, we, it looks like we pollinated everything in three days. Cool. So we still got some potential to make it back to average, would you say, or you still think? I would say if we would get rain, we could possibly meet our APH. Wow, cool. But if it don't rain, our kernels are going to be shallow and light, oh. and our beans are going to be buckshot. So watching the weather map here the next uh, 15 days is going to make a difference both for you and Ray. Scott, it's probably not going to make any difference uh, whether you get rain out there as far as uh, you got the water from the storm to finish these beans, you think? We're going to need one more shot to finish it to really make a big bean crop. It'd be fun to have a little bit more. Because uh, a lot of our beans were sit, we were dry from June 29th till August 10th, so they were out of water. Um, and not everybody got an inch of rain. It started to peter out as it went north, and of course they didn't get the wind damage to go with it either. So maybe they're happy with no wind and no rain. <laughs> I don't know. Um, 
So you can you can harvest some down corn till you get frustrated, then switch over to some maybe good yielding beans for a while and bring your spirits back up and then go back to the down corn. Exactly. Exactly. I think we're gonna you're gonna see a lot of neighbors helping neighbors. Those guys are gonna come out of the north and work their way south and and help some guys. They're just gonna have to. There's it's just it's just tough. And then the other thing, you guys have lost shops around here too. You drive around our countryside and you just see a whole nice lineup of equipment sitting beside the grove and you can see the, you know, the 120 foot by 80 foot machine shed laying in a pile waiting for the backhoes and the dozers to clear it off so they can rebuild. So it's, it's just, it's, it's all here if you want to come see a mess. It's not like one tornado though. It's like a two, three county wide deal. Yeah, it's just like a hurricane, just 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 kept going. Um, one, last, one last question there, and I'll let you guys go. What about the seed, Scott? There's a lot of seed corn produced up and down that corridor where this storm went through. Has your seed acres or Matt's taken a hit, or what can you see in the neighborhood as far as our, our seed stock up there? My guess is if they had the male rose destroyed, um, Yep, there's some seed corn that's flat, but there's a lot of it that's just gooseneck pretty good. I think they'll be able to pick it. Now, what it has on for kernels and, you know, I haven't seen any of that, but um, they're going to get some of the seed corn picked that the male rows are destroyed on. Now, if the male rows are still in there and it's goosenecked as bad as what it is, I don't know that they'll have to abandon it because they can't sort the male and female out. Um, but there was quite a bit of destroying already done, so... I don't have a good handle on that, but may not be as bad as we think. Right. There's going to be some seed corn there. I think they'll be able to get it. Yes. They might not get to go as fast as they're used to. Well, um, if nothing else, Scott, you make us feel good, no matter whether Ray's dry <laughs> or, or, or if we got replant down here, we're, we've, you've lifted our spirits a little. I'm sorry. We can't do anything for you guys. You guys there, as far as the amount of damage you got. We're trying like hell to get this corn market up by just uh, disking ours under. <laughs> we appreciate your effort. Thanks <laughs> a lot, guys, for the time today. Uh, our group will really appreciate your, your input of what's going on to the north. So thanks a lot. So with that call, we kind of got an ex insight on, on what those guys are dealing with and some of the things that we're dealing with here in Central Illinois do seem to be simple uh, after listening to what Scott and the Matt are going to be faced with out there this fall. Um, really appreciate them guys helping us out in, in the podcast. To, to wrap up the podcast, we uh, believe that we had a very exceptional day for our virtual field day. We appreciate all you guys that uh, tuned in and the amount of them that tuned in. We had a lot of new uh, field day viewers that came in through the virtual event and got a lot of great questions. And I appreciate you guys pumping those questions in so we could answer them back for you on time. And and I do appreciate the time you took to fill out this survey that was shipped to you uh, afterwards. And you can still do that if you haven't already. But we learned a, a lot of things from that survey. Uh, a lot of good feedbacks on what we could tweak uh, if we have to do this again in the future as a virtual field day. I think some of the big takeaways from the survey that you guys fill out was the overwhelming uh, number of you that said it, it met or surpassed your expectations of what a field day would be virtual. Uh, that was great. That's what we were shooting for. One of the questions on the survey that really opened the eyes of, uh, I guess, everybody here, and when we're talking about would you prefer the field day in person, does it make any difference at all, or would you prefer it virtual? 
feedback from that survey said 45% of you would still prefer it in person, which we'd expect that number to be a lot higher, 17%. It really didn't make any difference. After that event, you could go either way. 38% said that they'd actually prefer a virtual field day after viewing that one that we put on. So that is very encouraging to the crew and all the work that they put into it that we brought you something that basically is is somewhat equal to uh, a, a live field day. The other surprise I guess we had in there, we asked a question about the temperature of the room and the food for the day. And uh, Katie was wondering uh, why so many of you actually rated your food and your temperature uh, below average. So thought that's something we could control ourselves. So I'm guessing a few of you there were maybe eating hot dogs and, and, uh, and drinking some cold coffee or something. But uh, it was surprising to see the good response. We're excited about that. Make us feel that we went in the right direction. Uh, we do have the Corn College, the Farm Journal Corn Soybean College coming up. Uh, there's still time uh, uh, to, to register for that virtual day. Uh, if you get it done quickly, uh, we will be closing that registration 5 o'clock the night before. So uh, those of you that are coming to the Corn College event, it has um, got a large amount of sign up on it. We're excited about that. People from all over the United States and Canada. So we're excited to see what kind of questions that we get from the group as we go through the live Q&A. So to stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.